you were created for more. You may not always see it, but there is a lot of sweet in every mess and in all of the mundane. Exodus 3.8 is a promise to deliver us from the brokenness of life to one filled with hope. We want to remind you of God's faithfulness that will lead you into a land flowing with milk and honey. Join us, Lindsay and Amaris, as we share practical wisdom for all things marriage, motherhood, faith, and womanhood. So grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and join us. This is the Milk and Honey Podcast. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and I'm here with Amaris Beecher. Hey! Today we are discussing the holidays and kind of how just to deal with the stress and the craziness that the holidays can bring. I believe that some of the biggest stresses throughout the holidays are family members, um, expectations, budgeting money, and just really dealing with the chaos that all of it brings. And it's supposed to be such a positive and joyful and exciting season. And I remember it being that way when I was little. But honestly, for me now, it's become kind of just something that I don't really look forward to as much as I used to. Yeah. I'm just keeping a smile on my face right now because this conversation is so juicy. (laughs) It is. (laughs) It is. You know, Jesse and I, we, at the beginning of our marriage, we really struggled with this. I mean, actually just until a few years ago, um, because I come from a divorced family. He is very, very close with his family, which I love. We have a lot of just extended family, just large families. And so it was supposed to be a time that was enjoyable and joyful for us. And it started becoming really crazy because we would have to go to five different houses and celebrate five different Christmases. And usually for Thanksgiving, it was about four different houses. And we really had this expectation from our families and not, I mean, not that it's a bad thing that they want us there. We're really grateful that they want us around, but it just became like, really wearing for us to go to every house, eat another dinner. We got super fat every single (laughs) holiday. And um, because you don't want to like hurt their feelings and not eat their food. Um, And then buying gifts for many kids. One year we bought gifts for 19 kids, 10 siblings, our parents and our friends. And for me, I believe that God has given me the gift of generosity. I love giving gifts and being generous. But at this point, I was like, that is just way too much. Yeah, for me, I came from a divorced family as well. And so my parents were divorced. So I had, you know, separate holidays with them. And then my dad's family was divorced. So then I had multiple holidays with his side of the family as well. And I remember never really feeling you know, other than like we had our home, you know, the the family, like my immediate family with my siblings and my mom, I felt like that was Christmas, but all the other ones, it was so disconnected mm-hmm. and it always just ended up just feeling like, I don't know, cold yeah. or, you know, like, like a responsibility versus a joy or something that I wanted to do, but it's like, Oh, an obligation. Like that was the word that I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Like we're all obligated to see each other because it's the holidays, but 
in reality, nobody really wanted to see each other. That's how it always felt. It was just so cold and so removed. And I remember thinking as it like as a teenager that once I had children of my own, or that I really wanted things to feel different. Hmm. And so then once Nick and I got married, we still had to do all the hopping, you know, going to multiple Christmases and he has a massive family. And so, you know, going to all of his Christmases and his parties and then trying to adjust mine and then trying to do all of them on the same day was like exhausting. I remember. Yeah. We, I mean, when we finally arrived to like our last house and a lot of my siblings have multiple families as well. It's almost like we're all just sitting there like, when do we get to go home? Which is so sad to me. I hate that because we all love each other. We love being together and spending that time, but it almost just feels like you said, so disconnected because we're exhausted by it. It's not a personal thing. It's just, it's too much for any family to carry, especially one with kids. Yeah. It's definitely our culture. You know, I can't imagine in the Middle East or in Asia that they're like, oh, we have to go to every single family and we have to spend all this money on all. I mean, I can't imagine that that's the the position and the posture that they hold when it's in the season that it's supposed to be so joyous. You know, we're supposed to be operating in a in a, in a heart of gratitude and thankfulness. Right. And yet we feel so stressed with all of the people pleasing, all of the expectations. So many times Nick and I would commit saying, we're not going to bring this home. You know, we're, we're going to go to these things. And, and then if we get bothered, we're just going to leave it there and then not bring it home. But how many times did we bring it home mm-hmm. to our home? And then we were frustrated with each other. We were, there were so many car raids that we would be driving from one in-law's house to another family member's house so much tension and frustrations with each other because of how the event had gone and all for what, you know, all for what? Well, and that's what I wanted to ask our listeners today is, you know, realistically, I just want to encourage you to think about what your heart is like during this season, because you might be going through all of the actions, but is your heart a joyful heart in doing it? Because if it's not, and you're doing it out of frustration and anger and just out of obligation, and we have done that so many times, the question really is, isn't it all in vain? Because we're not honoring God with a heart like that. And it just really comes down to setting realistic and good boundaries for your family. Because for us, it was kind of that moment, um, like you were talking about Amaris, when we were driving home and Jesse has been very vocal about how much he dislikes the holidays because he's grown up with one family. I was more used to it because I was used to jumping homes, but he was one house, woke up in the morning, went to bed at one house, you know, and that's just very different for me. But it was in that moment that we came home Sutton was about a year and a half and we wanted him to be able to play with his toys and enjoy, but our Christmas started on the 23rd. We had one house to visit on the 23rd, two houses on the 24th and three houses on the 25th. And Jesse's parents lived about 35, 40 minutes away from us at the time. So we spent the majority of Christmas driving to go and get food from my fridge to take to the new house, all of the gifts to load them up because we couldn't fit them all because we had 19 kids to buy for. 
Um, it was just crazy. And in that moment, we came home and we said, this isn't right. This is not what Jesus intended for our family when it comes to loving one another well, investing time, not spreading ourselves so thin, and just I mean, honoring one another, you know, because really Jesse and I are frustrated with one another. We're cold with one another. And we just realized, you know, this is, it's just not okay. And it's not something that we're going to accept anymore. Yeah. We had a similar, a similar breaking point for us as well. And once we had Andrew, I remember talking to Nick saying, you know, we need to start adjusting boundaries and more boundaries in place because Andrew, you know, at the, at the time when he was a year old, he wasn't aware that he was being, you know, jumping from place to place to place, but it was still so draining for us and not what we had imagined. And so once he got to the age where he did understand, I think it was like, you know, when he turned two, maybe three and he wanted to play with his toys, but he had to go someplace else. Then we started really discussing, like, adjusting our schedule. And this, so this past Christmas was our first Christmas where we only had to go to one other family member's house. So, you know, we had one family member on Christmas Eve. We got to do our immediate family Christmas morning, you know, where our kids open their gifts. We open our gifts to each other. And then, um, and then in the afternoon, we go to one other family member's house. But I don't even know if we'll do that this year because we are laying some laws down. <laughs> For you. Yeah. And I think really we have to just evaluate what is most important to us. You know, is it not upsetting our family members? And the thing is, we are never ever going to be all things to all people. We're never going to please everyone because even when Jesse were jumping, Jesse and I were jumping from house to house to house, almost every single time somebody would make a passive comment. And I understand it's out of love and desiring for us to be there, but it still hurt our feelings. And they would say something like, you guys are already leaving. You, you haven't even been here for an hour. you know." And we're like, I'm sorry, we have two more houses we have to go to. So those types of things that we would leave just discouraged. So like we're trying our best and we realize in that, that we're never going to please everybody. We're not. And so why are we putting out so much effort for our family? We need to honor God. We need to live for an audience of one. And that means loving our family, honoring our parents, but at the same time, it's taking care of one another. And, you know, for me, this verse has actually been, probably the number one thing that has really made me feel content with the decision to put our family first. And it's something that Jesse and I have always leaned on since we first got married, but we just didn't implement it with the holidays. So the verse is Genesis 2, 24, and it says, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and they will become one flesh. So I think that this is the root of all of the problems. So if you are struggling with budgeting for all of these family members and you just feel overwhelmed by the pressure and the obligation that society gives for you to give all of these gifts, are you placing your extended family's presence, like actual gifts, above the financial wisdom that you and your husband should have for your home? 
because that it's a big thing. And that again is not when you're doing that, you're not putting your immediate family first. If you have a difficult mother-in-law, I think honestly, that is one of the biggest questions that I ever get from followers of my blog is just asking, how do you deal with difficult in-laws? They have so many expectations. And I think that with the holidays, this just is magnified. They have these crazy expectations. They're disappointed in you. And again, that is now placing the extended family above your one flesh of you and your husband and the little family that you've created. And I think it just comes down to, I mean, you know you love your family. You're going to pour into them for the rest of the year. And this doesn't mean that you can't go for short periods of time. But it's about coming to a place where you know that you have the freedom to say no. You have the freedom to tell them, this is not what is best for our family. We want to wake up on Christmas morning and just rest and watch a Christmas. Honestly, when I say this out loud, it like makes me want to cry because I've longed for this for so long and we've never done it. I want to wake up and open our gifts and have hot cocoa and watch a Christmas movie and just enjoy our morning and not get up, get ready and go. Right. Right. And I hope that for y'all that are listening, you heard that Lindsay just gave you the freedom to say no. And, and it's liberating once you start operating with that. Now, of course, there has to be conversations with your spouse. There has to be compromising, right? It's much easier to say no to your spouse's family than it is to your own personal family and vice versa. There has to be compromising within the marriage. And honestly, Nick and I talk about this for a whole year before we make a decision. I've been talking to Nick about what we're going to do in the holidays of 2018, all of 2018. I started talking to him about this in January because I knew that it was going to be a conversation that had to be repetitive or constant because of how difficult it can be at the end of the year during the holidays. And I don't want, I just don't want him to feel like, well, you just don't like my family or. Yeah. You, you do have to be very sympathetic towards that as well. I believe yes. it can be a really sensitive subject in your marriage and you don't ever want to feel like you're disrespecting them and their family. Right. Yeah. But it is hard at the same time to be able to say, okay, we have to come to an agreement because this is now the, this is our now nucleus family. This is the now, the immediate family. It's no longer your parents, my parents. I mean, like that transition to be able to say our immediate family has now transitioned. And now, no, now it's me and my husband and my children. And you have, like Lindsay said, you have to be able to start operating with no. Now, I will say, don't let the pendulum swing to where you are the no in the family, to where all the siblings, everybody in the family is like, oh, yep, that's so-and-so. That's mm-hmm. the, the family member that says no, unless it's going to go her way or his way, because that's not what the holidays are supposed to be about either. They're supposed to be about God. Like It's supposed to be about family, but ultimately it's about teaching your children and living an example of Christ. And he gave himself up for us. So we have to operate with that. Now, of course, the Bible talks a lot about boundaries and that's why we're discussing 
boundaries, but there has to be a blending and a marrying of selflessness and boundaries. Now, sometimes selflessness is I'm choosing my children. I'm selflessly preferring my children because I don't want them to be going from place to place to place to place. They're not getting naps. They're not getting the stability that they need on this day because of everyone else's expectations. So that's a healthy, selfless boundary that you're preferring your children. And the same goes for your spouse. Hopefully all that makes sense. Yeah. No, and it actually reminds me of this verse. It's Galatians 5.13. It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And I think that just depicts the perfect balance of what that means. Like you were talking about, Amaris, to, you know, to not take advantage of the being a no ma'am. You know what I mean? Like instead of a yes ma'am, you're a no ma'am because it's saying you are called to be free. You have the freedom to make these decisions as a family, even though they might be hard um, and you know might cause a little bit of friction in the beginning. Ultimately, people will adjust to the way that you are, but you also don't take advantage of that freedom because we are called to serve. We're called to love. And, you know, I want to portray that for Sutton. You know, I don't want Sutton and Saxon. Saxon's just a little still, but I don't want them to think that the only reason behind Christmas is opening their presents and getting the chance to play with them because that's not the case either. For us, we you know, we are celebrating Christ and that's first and foremost, which means then we use the gifts that we have been given to love people, to be light during the holidays, to love those difficult, difficult in-laws or difficult family members and to go above and beyond and caring for them because that's just as important as spending that time with the family. But it all has to just come to, you know, a middle point really where, you can lay it out and discuss what is best for you because really it's your family. You, there might be some people who love this, who love going house to house and that's totally okay. You know, so you guys do have the freedom. Um, and I just wanted to touch on a few practical tips that we can give you that might help you in just making this decision. So first and foremost, like Emma said, you need to talk to your spouse that is crucial. You need to ask them what they feel, what they think, and take that into consideration and try to come to a compromise with one another. Secondly, once you've made your decision, it is okay to talk to your family about that and probably necessary to go to each family and say, this is what we've decided. This is why we have decided. I'm going to shout this from the rooftops. You are not responsible for their response. You are not responsible for their response. You do not carry that on your shoulders. That is not yours. Okay. I just want to keep saying that. That is not yours to carry. That is theirs to carry. Romans 12 calls us to live peaceably with all so far as it depends on us. So we want to live peaceably with our family members, but you are not doing anything to harm them, to intentionally hurt them. And you can vocalize that. But ultimately, they can carry the sin of their anger or frustration if that's what they choose. That's not yours. Okay, third, a practical tip is just to switch off holidays. So this is something Jesse and I have really discussed this year. And we can't make it happen for Christmas because we both really want to see our families for Christmas. But you could do something like Easter and Thanksgiving. You see one family on Easter, and then you see one family on Thanksgiving. And 
you know, our family has implemented like a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Thanksgiving, and it was fine at first, but it also then became our only days off were spent again, jumping house to house. So we've had to just say, you know, that's not going to work for us this year. So just maybe just switch off whatever, or I mean, it could be if you're okay doing that for Christmas, that would be a huge help to say, we'll go to your Christmas this year. And then my Christmas next year. Lastly, when it comes to budgeting, we have finally implemented after that crazy Christmas, we have implemented um, secret Santa for the kids and the adults. So we actually have just cut out buying for our siblings because we all can sustain ourselves and buy gifts for ourselves. But the children, we actually do a big pot. If you have a lot of nieces and nephews like we do, we just put all of the names in a pot, pull the name out, and then that is who we as a couple get. And because there are so many kids, we usually get two or three, but it's better than 19. And we're able to spend more on those children too, which gives them like, I guess, more quality gifts because we got to a point where we're like, should we just go to the dollar store and like pick up a few (laughs) things that they're going to end up throwing away? You know, it just seems wasteful. So we can be more intentional about giving a good gift that is meaningful to that child, which I think is, you know, even more important. So that is, that's pretty much my thought process. Do you have anything to add, Amaris? Yeah, I will say that sometimes this can be a really hard and challenging conversation with your spouse. So if you need to get a mediator or you need to go to counseling, please humble yourself enough to consider that option. Mm -hmm. And Nick and I are huge advocates for marriage counseling. Nick and I have many times gone and gotten someone's, a third party's perspective, a a pastor or someone to kind of steer the conversation because we are very both strong people. Mm -hmm. So we were having a really hard time coming to an agreement and compromising and seeing eye to eye and, you know, being united the way that God calls us to be. And so if you cannot come to a place where you and your spouse are in agreement, then go and get counseling, go and get a mediator to help you guys sort through the conversation so you can operate in unity. And then another thing that will be very helpful for you to understand when to say no versus when to say yes. Something that Nick and I have been teaching the couples that we do premarital counseling with is developing your family core values. So that's going to be things like like our family is committed to family first, or our family is committed to the Lord. Our family is, these are, I'm saying all of my, our family's core values. Mm -hmm. The excellence, we're committed to generosity, blah, 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 blah. So when you develop your family core values, then it's almost like boundaries. It's like a fence around your family. And so if someone or something tries to cross over that fence, then you can say, no, 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 no. There's mm-hmm. a boundary for that. Our core boundaries and values in order to say yes and to no. If people are demanding too much money of you, then you could say no or yes because you're committed to generosity or it's all just committed making those family boundaries and those family core values is going to give you the permission to say yes and no hopefully that makes sense but that's something that nick and i have implemented into our family and we highly recommend it to any 
couples to do it because it helps them teach others how to treat them. And that's ultimately what you have to do when you become a new family is you have to teach the extended family how to treat this new family. Because most time parents still want to treat you like a child when in reality you're no longer a child, you are now your own family. So you have to teach people how to treat you and that will be helpful when you've established those core values. Yeah. Dang, that's so good. I really love that. And I'm going to implement that <laughs> myself. I feel like, I mean, even just having something to go back to, it's like a drawing board, you know, where you can just go back and access that and realize, okay, no, we're stepping way outside of what we intended and want and truly desire for our family. That's so good. All right, guys. Well, in closing, we just really want to encourage you to live in freedom this holiday season, just as Christmas is coming up, you know, we want you to experience that joy. We want you to honor God with your lives and celebrate Christ and make his name known. We want you to serve your families and do the dishes for them and just be a light of love and of joy. And that does not come from stress. So I just want to reiterate the verse, Genesis 2, 24. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. You and your husband are one. Your little family that you have created is your family now. And that's okay. And that's a great and beautiful and wonderful thing. And it's okay for you to pray for freedom and for liberation from the obligations that your family members may have put on your shoulders. Right. So um, we love you guys. We wish you the happiest of holidays. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate us and review us on iTunes. It would mean so much. Your review helps the show to be found by other women like you. For a daily pick-me-up, follow me, Lindsay, on Instagram at Sparrows and Lily and Amorous at Amorous Beecher. Tune in next week for more fun and encouragement. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.